Yo, 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 and welcome back to the Fantasy Addicts podcast. You're on once again with your host, Andy, and I am joined tonight just by Frank. I mean, Joel is around Frank, but he's been a bit of a fraud. I don't know what he's doing. He's just walking around the great establishment that is the Bait Haven News, and uh, he's just, I don't know. But um, Frank, you just recently went to the toilet. How was it, and how are you? Thanks for exposing me, Andrew. I'm doing good. Um, yeah, shout out Joel just for walking around being a hero. Um, you know, I'm sure he will chime in when he feels the need to. Um, always does have a lot to say. Um, not much of it's very productive or important, but you know, volume speaks volumes. Um, we're going to be bringing you some sleepers today. So some of these guys, um, obviously, in fantasy in redraft, um, I'd say as a whole, I think the community does a pretty good job of basically identifying where um, most of the points are going to be scored, pushing those guys up to the top of the boards. And you obviously have a lot of these guys that, you know, you probably don't want them on your team. I think the back end of redraft leagues, it's just full of guys you don't actually want. So uh, being able to establish a few guys that you actually do, it's making sure you target those. Because once you get in those later rounds, for the most part, they're going to be irrelevant. So if you can, you know, land one or two players that contribute in the last 10 rounds of the draft, then you've, you've done well. Um, make sure you are following the podcast on the Twitters at the FB Addicts and on the Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts. Um, I'll leave it up to you, Andrew, to kick us off if you would like. If there's nothing else you'd like to add before we get stuck in. No, Frank, you absolutely nailed the intro. I'm so proud of you. Um, but yeah, obviously, listen. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Obviously, listeners, we did a redraft, mock draft, me, Joel, Frank, and Charlene, head to head to head to head. So give that a listen. And this is kind of a follow-up on that because we we went for an hour and only got through nine rounds. Um, You know, we love to talk and just really dive into the picks, don't we, Frank? So this is kind of a You mean, yeah, what you actually mean is we love to give such detailed and fantastic advice for each pick that, you know, it drags out a little. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, abusing each other each pick for 10 minutes, but... Um, <laughs> Definitely not. So everyone beyond ADP 100, um, me and Frank just thought we'd get on. And, you know, we don't know how many people we'll touch on today, but just our targets uh, for the listeners at the back end of the draft. Um, so I will start off with a running back. My favorite is... Oh, I've got two here, Frank. I don't know how to split them, but I'll go Jalen Warren running back from the Pittsburgh Steelers, ADP 135. Um, This is underdog ADP. This is the sharpest of all sharps. Um, I had a lot of running backs listed. I think he is my favorite just because, I don't know, I just, Najee Harris doesn't do it for me on the eye. I think Jalen Warren will become the pass down back. Um, I think he's going to get really involved in this offense sneakily. We might see a, you know, the guy that just looks better, kind of like a, it's not going to be to the extreme of Dallas where it was Zeke just looks like shit and Tony Pollard looks awesome. Um, From what I have watched of Jalen Warren, he, he's got it, Frank. He's, he looks good. When he has the ball, you kind of just like, dang, who's that guy? Like, you know, he's got that first cut pace, looks good. Obviously, they the only problem is Mike Tomlin just loves using one guy. Um, so that's a bit of a worry. But, you know, if anything happens to Najee or he just slows down, um, I think he could be a really good pick. And he's free, you know, pick 135. 
take a shot on him in the what twelfth round, and uh, I think it could you could really reap the rewards. Frank, have you seen much of Jalen Warren? Do you like this kind of pick, this value in the draft, or are you a Najee Harris truther? Yeah, I think um, I tend to agree um, with pretty much everything you've said, Andrew. Um, Jalen Warren, obviously someone you're getting, you know, in your 11th, 12th round of your fantasy draft. Don't be scared. This is point of advice. Don't be scared to take him in the 11th round. Like, realistically, once you get past, like, the first eight, nine rounds, ADP becomes irrelevant. Go get guys that you actually believe in and you think can contribute to your team. Jalen Warren's the kind of player that, obviously, if Najee Harris goes down, I don't think they turn to anyone else on the roster um, obviously, Najee Harris has been pretty good at staying healthy as well. So, you know, he's obviously someone that's taken a huge workload of the first two years of his career also. Um, not to say, you know, he's not injury prone or anything like that. But Jalen Warren, who has had some standalone value, does get involved in the offense, which basically what you've said about Mike Tomlin is true. He has historically only used one, one running back. But what Jalen Warren's done is proved himself, obviously proved himself in practice, proved himself in the limited opportunity opportunities that he's had, and has carved out a role for himself alongside Najee Harris. So the fact that he's been able to do that with Mike Tomlin, who usually only uses one running back, I think is impressive. Um, and it just shows that they the coaching staff does have belief in him that he can um, contribute to the offense, has that role carved out. And if anything were to happen to the lead back, he would be the next man up. So getting that in like the 12th round, I think is definitely going to be valuable for your fantasy team. So uh, great pick, Andrew. I can't knock it. I, I would definitely try to if I disagreed. Thanks, Frank. Uh, Joel, just give us a quick shout. You're a bit away from the mic. Jalen Warren, yes, no. Big yes. Uh, Najee Harris, hot take. He sucks. Um, Jalen Warren won't take his job. But every chance that um he could get hurt or just anything, and they um I think if they get any of the work to Jalen Warren, I think he could be this could be Austin Eckler to Melvin Gordon two point like just some right. random guy. You weren't you listening, but I said Pollard to Zeke. What do you think of that one? No, but Pollard was like a thing. Pollard was a pick. He was drafted, oh. respected. Jalen Warren come from nothing. This is Austin Eckler. Don't be dumb. Okay. But yes, I do like the pick. All right, I'll yell at you again if I see you. Uh, Frank, give us your next sleeper. Yeah, I'm going to keep the running back train going here. Now, I've got, I've got a couple of names at the, at the running back position, but I'll start off with the first one. Um, a guy having beaten the drum... Um, about for a while now, if you've been listening to the pod, it's Jerome Ford of the Cleveland Browns. Um, this offseason, all the Browns have said about their running back room is Nick Chubb, 100%, number one running back. They're going to try and involve him more in the passing game. He's going to be the guy, Nick Chubb, the man. We know that, probably arguably the best running back in the NFL. The guy behind him is Jerome Ford. All reports are saying the backup running back, the next man up is Jerome Ford. Um, someone that came into the NFL from college with a passing down skill set. Realistically, he's a really good pass catcher. Um, isn't a fantastic runner between the tackles, but definitely can get. The, I feel like he can get the job done at an okay level. He's someone that we obviously saw Kareem Hunt produce running back one numbers alongside Nick Chubb. I'm not saying that Jerome Ford is going to give you running back one numbers, but he's someone that's going to be able to give you a nice and a full point PPR league. Jerome Ford's probably going to be someone that catches three balls a game. Um, 
just off the bat, standalone value, um, he's going to give you some points. Um, if anything were to happen to Nick Chubb, he then becomes a running back that could catapult himself into a high-end running back two, low-end running back one, purely because he's got that pass-catching ability and he's going to be in an offense that is going to put up points and that uses their running backs very often and very well. Um, to get him at pick 165.2 is what the uh, underdog ADP says he is. I think it's just a, it's a no-brainer. Go take him in like the 12th, 13th, 14th round even. Um, your risk is very minimal, but then the upside um, is there. And you want to use these late-round picks on upside plays. Um, but he's just someone that, you know, in a pinch, if you've got the buy rounds, you need someone to put into that running back two slot. You need someone to put in that flex spot. If you get some injuries, um, even if it's not to Nick Chubb, he's someone that's probably going to get, get, you know, four to five targets a game. They give him five carries that all of a sudden he's close to something like 10 opportunities. In an offense like Cleveland, um, he's going to put up points. I think he's a nice, uh, sneaky little play for you guys um, if you can pick him up late in drafts. Yeah, don't hate it, Frank. If he can, you know, be Kareem Hunt, but maybe he's probably... Uh, he might be as good as Kareem. Who knows? But, you know, if he can uh, be... He's probably role. as good as Kareem was last year, which was not very good. But, you know, I don't want to say he's as good as what Kareem Hunt was in his prime. Like He was a good running back. Yeah, no, that's what I was getting at. But um, yeah, I think it's a it's a great pick. Anything happens to Chubb, um, you know, hopefully not. We love Nick Chubb, betting his overs every week is fantastic. But um, yeah, you know, same same exact same kind of arc as Jalen Warren gets involved on third down, catches some balls, good flex option with elite upside. So great selection, Frank. Um, I have some running back names, and I want you just to. Tell me yes or no before we move on to other positions. Um, Khalil Herbert, yes. Oh, sorry. That was on my list. I mean, Khalil Herbert was on mine. Uh, you're a big fan. 118. Get around him. Mm. Um, you're a big Denver guy. Samaj P. Ryan. Yes, no? Mm, no. I'm kind of a no at this stage. Like, he's probably going to be, like, involved early because Javante Williams isn't going to be 100%. They've said he's actually training in pads already, so he's pretty much full go at training camp um, this early in the off-season, which is great um, as a Denver Broncos fan, but I don't think they're going to be um, silly with Javante Williams. They'll ease him back into the offense. won't be a full workload. Um, but based on their like their moves in the off-season, they brought in some RJP and I gave him a, you know, a decent contract, but he's more of a passing down back, good protector on third down. But not someone who is exclusively a third down back where they want to take that role away from Javante Williams. Um, in the draft, didn't draft any running backs. They obviously brought back, I believe they brought back Tyler Beatty as well. Um, again, another pass catcher, but again, not someone who's going to take that role entirely from Javante. Um, I think they're just gearing up for easing back into the offense and then he's the workhorse once again. So um, it'd be interesting to see how it pans out. Samaje is going to have some standalone value, but. He's still going at pick 108. Just not doesn't really do it for me. There's plenty of other guys around that range I'd rather take. And here's some uh, real on-brand Andy Amor favorites. Frank, you ready for these? Oh goodness, here we go. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, Tank Bigsby, Kenny Gaines, Pierre Strong. Take them everywhere, listeners. Oh yeah. Do you hate them? Yeah. I- no, that's the thing. I'm a big proponent of just hammer late round running backs because running backs, they get hurt. You can never have enough of them. 
once you start taking wide receivers in like the 11th, 12th round, like what do I really want with Nico Collins, Romeo Dubes? Like I'm trying to think Zay Jones, Jacoby Myers, Darnell Mooney, like these Michael Gallup. What's the real upside? Rishi Rice, Van Jefferson, Jonathan Mingo, Adam Thielen. Like what am I going to get out of these guys that I haven't taken in the fourth, fifth, sixth round? Like, I don't know what in what construction you would have had in the first four rounds, five rounds, where you, you actually feel the need to take these wide receivers in the late round. Just take the running back and, I don't know, I'm not saying pray for an injury, but if one happens and you you're benefit, you benefit from it, well, that's the, that's the name of the game. Um, I'd much rather take running backs in that range. So, yeah, pretty much all of them are yes, Andrew. Yeah, well... I found when I was just, you know, making my list before we get on, um, I found running back real easy to just, oh, yeah, I can see a role for him. Oh, yeah, there's a clear path for him to actually be good. Receiver, I had a real tough time with it because, like, there's no real path for Donovan Peoples-Jones to smash his ADP. Like, you know, like popular ones I saw were, like, DPJ, Gallup, um, you know, take your pick of the Giants, Packers, Chiefs receiving core, but like what realistic upside do these players have? If the one on my list, Frank, that I was going to bring up was Jonathan Mingo because he's got that, you know, you don't know if he's good. Bryce Young could be good. Um, and you know, he goes at pick 150, he's pretty free. Um, at least if you take a rookie receiver, you could be in the money. You'd, you'd like, you don't know how good he is. It's kind of why I like Rasheed Rice as well, just in case. Him and Mahomes really hit it off. But, yeah, I, I agree with you, just running backs. There's a clear path for them to get involved if if things break right. Just with the receiving core, like what, you need three injuries to be in the money? But um, just on that, Frank, who is your pick of the Giants, Packers, and Chiefs receiving core? Because, you know, it's a real um, – they're, they're the offenses that – sleepers quote-unquote receivers are coming from because they're kind of wide open um are you interested in anyone from those offense you know the receivers there or do i have to <laughs> you don't um, have to you can tell me they're all shit and we can move on but um just yeah just asking the question if you're interested in anyone um well i think as far as the giants go i think it's going to be the darren waller and saquon barkley show um shout out my fantasy team um but yeah, on the Giants, I mean, if Wondell Robinson can come back, like, he could be a thing. Um, but I'm trying to think, who was the other wide receiver that had the um the late-season late push for you, Andrew? Um, Isaiah Hodgins, beast. Isaiah Hodgins, it's kind of a thing. He was actually really good in the back end of the year. So, Isaiah Hodgins, I don't know what his ADP is um, at the moment. I imagine it's quite late. Yeah. I don't I've mind got... Isaiah Hodgins. Like, I feel like he's going, I think he's going to be involved. Um, regardless, and he's going to get five, six targets a game and, you know, do something with them. He performed well last year, performed well in the playoffs as well. Um, so he's someone I don't mind, to be honest. Um, if you were going to take are you ready for the yeah, a late-round wide receiver, he's someone that you know is going to contribute. So if you need that player in a pinch, you know, if there's some injuries after week one, week two, early in the season, not someone who has tremendous upside that's going to grow into the role during the season, um, but someone you could, you know, find a slot for. Um, in your last flex spot in a pinch. Um, as for the Kansas City Chiefs, 
I understand the, the draw of Rishi Rice. Being a rookie, you don't know what you're going to get. So he could just hit and he's a freak and, you know, you're in the money. He's got Patrick Mahomes. Um, you're stoked. So there's that option. So we'll never knock someone for doing that. Um, but just looking at it, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, we know what he is. He doesn't have that um, upside. Pretty much just runs in a straight line. Um, occasionally gets open. Rare occasions. Uh, and then you've also got Kadarius Tony, um, who... I think is talented who I actually like, I don't know if anyone wants to disagree, um, but I think he is talented, but staying on the field has been an issue. He's in, injured again um, in training camp. So it's obviously going to depress his draft um, price. His draft price was starting to creep up into the eight, seventh, eighth round of fantasy drafts. That's where it was getting a bit too rich for me. If he falls down somewhere in that 10th, 11th round range, um, pretty much de-risks that pick entirely. And you can take him there and, you know, if he hits, then he's going to be tremendous. I think he's probably the one that has significant upside. Uh, as for the Green Bay Packers, I mean, I said it um, a few episodes ago as well. I did sell out from um, underneath Christian Watson, not because I don't think he's a great player. I just think with Jordan Love, a quarterback, with the way they want to run the ball, they brought back Aaron Jones. Um, I don't think they're going to be incredibly an incredibly high passing volume team. I think they're going to run the ball play good defense, control possession, limit turnovers. Um, so, like, if he was to finish as, like, the wide receiver 25 and Romeo Dubes is, like, the wide receiver 35, cool. I don't want to take Christian Watson in the fourth or fifth round. Um, I want something more. If I'm going to take a player in the fourth round, I'm, I want more than just, you know, a back-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three. Um, I just don't think that upside is there. That um, you know, some people seem seem to think he does have a wide receiver one ceiling. Um, I'm just not seeing it in this offense. Um, you know, I could be wrong. Um, and Jordan loves you know the next line of uh elite Hall of Fame quarterbacks from the Green Bay Packers. I'll be very upset if that's the case. So it's about time they were terrible for once. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with everything you said. Not nobody from those teams really interest me. Um, you know, the Giants receiving core looks like um Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton and Isaiah Hodgins. Like, oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I if if you had to put a gun to my head, Frank, my favorite probably is as I said, Jonathan Mingo as a quote unquote sleeper. Um, and I'd just take a shot on a rookie and hope they're good. Rashi Rice, Jalen Reed. Uh, I don't want to go there with Sky Moore, but you know, one of those guys it could actually be all right. But let's move on to quarterbacks and tight ends. If people have absolutely tanked that position, they've gone, you know, they didn't get who they wanted, whether it be Mark Andrews or a, you know, Lamar Jackson that we're we're drafting early that our targets and they've said, nah, fuck it. I don't want, you know, these weird guys in the seventh, eighth, ninth round. I've just waited. And here we are at 100 ADP and over. And Frank, you had a name at the quarterback position. Let's hear it. I did. And I actually got a bit of stick from it from Joel off, off of there um, because he's obviously a well-known name in the NFL world. Um, but it seems as though fantasy players have forgotten about this man uh, just a little bit. Uh, and that is Dallas Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott, who by underdog ADP. So, I mean, if you play in a league with like Cowboys fans, he's not going to fall to this spot. But in un- underdog fantasy where people are playing for money, the ADP matters, people care about their money. I know Joel loves a punt. Not going to hand away his money for free. 
He at least wants a crack at winning some money. Um, Dak Prescott goes at pick 104. Um, he's someone that we've seen be a high-end quarterback one. Um, I think that's something he can get back to. He's got good weapons. CD Lamb, obviously elite. He's got Brandon Cooks there as well. He's going to be a nice complimentary piece. He's got Michael Gallup. Tony Pollard catches the ball out of the backfield. Offensive line is good. Um, you know, last year, a lot of turnovers had 15 interceptions, led the league. I don't think he's a turnover-prone quarterback. I, if you go through and you actually watch how many interceptions were actually his fault, it's realistically half of that. And he's back to what he normally throws, as, you know, as far as like low, you know, low eight to 10 touchdowns per season. Um, just last year, just last season passed. So not 2022, 2021 threw for 37 touchdowns and 10 interceptions was the quarterback eight. Um, year before that was obviously when he got injured, but in 2019, he was the quarterback two with almost 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. He actually has genuine top five upside and you're getting him outside of the first 100 picks of the draft. Um, being a rookie, he was quarterback seven. Then he was quarterback 10, quarterback 14, two. He's injured year, quarterback eight, and then he was injured again last year. So if he stays healthy, he's a quarterback one. That's all he's done his entire career as long as he's healthy. Um, so I would expect nothing less from Dak Prescott. Um, gets a lot of disrespect because nobody likes the Cowboys fans, but I'm sure Cowboys fans uh, in your leagues won't let him fall to this point. Um, if you're lucky enough to not be friends with the Cowboys fan, uh, then you're going to get him at a, at a nice value in your fantasy draft. Yeah, love the pick. Um, Joel. Dakota Rain. <laughs> yeah, we love Dak. Uh, Pro Dak podcast. Um, yeah, Joel was just saying that, you know, Dak is a household name, so he's not really a sleeper, but um, great quarterback in the late part of the draft. Joel, you have any Dak comments? You're here now. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Shut up. The you're not a little bit concerned that um Callan Moore's gone and they want to run the ball a lot more. So this is a pro Tony Pollard thing. This is why I hate that. No, no this they're not going to give Tony three hundred carries, Joel. You're not scared. Who that else is there? Sign someone else. Who? No, they haven't really been linked to anyone else. Like they no. might. They might just sign some thumbs. No, no, I, no, I know what you're saying, Joe. I do get what you're saying, but the, the Cowboys have always been run heavy. The entire time that he's been there, they've always been very run heavy, except for that year where he finishes quarterback two, and he threw the ball, you know, five hundred and ninety-six times. Which that's obviously a lot. Um, and then when he finished, he threw it five hundred ninety-six times as well. But they're still run heavy in neutral game scripts. They are run, They've been a relative above average, um, run heavy team. Um. Yeah. Do you have any more to say about Dak, or do I? No. And in regards to the throwing picks, your quarterback throwing picks is literally the best thing that can happen. Honestly, pick sixes are even better. Nothing better than when your quarterback throws a pick six. They get straight back on the field. They have to keep scoring Game touchdowns. Script. They have to keep scoring. Game script. Oh, it's beautiful. Mm. <laughs> and it's great. You only lose two points, but you get six for a touchdown. <laughs> oh, if you don't play in a six-point touchdown league, super flex. Grow up. Yeah, great call. Um, Frank, I had uh, two quarterbacks that I don't, I don't know how they're received by the public, but their weapons are awesome. It's fade the public. <laughs> it's my guy Kenny Pickett 
and Geno Smith. I I scratched a bit deeper, Frank. You looked at the quarterback as a, at a surface level, but I went a bit deeper. The good kind of scratch, like you're scratching a mozzie bite, or the bad kind of scratch, like you've had too much of the, the naughty stuff around the corner? Whatever you want to say. But, you know, people like you wrote off Geno, but Geno's not writing back, Frank. <laughs> he didn't write back. He's not. Oh, it was against the Broncos when he said that. That was bad. They beat us week one. I mean, that how, really can he, sad. how can he fail with DK Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba, great O-line, great running backs? I just can't see it. And the same thing goes for Kenny. Obviously, the Steelers O-line isn't as good, but, like, the weapons. Like, he's just got so – like, there's – he'd have to be really bad. Um. And I think if you just don't draft a quarterback, these two will still be available um, really late because, you know, players like Aaron Rodgers, Russ Wilson, um, I want to say Derek Carr are more well-known than these two and they will probably get pushed up the board. Someone will take a shot on Kyler, even though he's not going to be back for the first half of the season. Um, Yeah, I just, I really think these two are good sleeper targets at quarterback. Um, you might hate it, Frank, but that's where I what's where I uh, stood with the quarterback position and my tight end. It's pretty gross, but it's the guy from Denver, um, Greg Dolchich, and yeah, great God, have a look at him, good looking bloke, and Tyler Higg Beast. Um, just some real gross tight ends. Uh, if you want to tank the position, I think I think there's a role for these two on that on those offenses. Um, but. Yeah, if do you have a tight end name and any comments on those names that I brought forward, Frank? Um, I I don't want to protest your your Kenny Pickett take. I think I've done that enough on the podcast. Um, I think he's fine. I think he does have good weapons. I do think George Pickens is good. I do think Deontay Johnson's good. Pat Fryermuth, good player. Um, you know, good running game. The offensive line's solid. Um, I think he's going to be fine, Andrew. Um, I really do like the Geno Smith pick if you are going to take a late-round quarterback. I agree. Why take some take someone like a Russell Wilson, a Derek Carr, even an Aaron? To be honest, even an Aaron Rodgers, I would probably rather wait an extra couple of rounds and take a Geno Smith. I'd take Geno Smith over Kirk Cousins, who's going ahead of him in drafts as well. Um, again, can't fail. I don't think you can fail with those weapons. And I believe, what was he, a top-five quarterback last year? And then they decide to add Jackson Smith and Jigma and add Zach Charbonnet as well, even though he's currently injured. Um, so, no, I definitely agree with those. As far as the tight end position goes, I do like your sort of late-round picks, guys that are, are going to have roles on their offenses. Um, I'm going to give you points if you're going to punt the position entirely. Um, take a player that's going to have a consistent role, has a chance to catch a touchdown and, you know, be helpful at the tight end position. Um, don't have, really have a sleeper tight end outside of the guys that you'd mention. Um a guy, I again, I I like him. He's on my fantasy team. I've got him in a couple of places. Dallas got it. Consistently gets disrespected. He's going too late in drafts, as he does every single year. He was essentially a top, like the tight end four in points per game last year. He's going to be a top five tight end when he plays. Um, doesn't really get injured. Obviously, missed some time last season. He's got Jalen Hurts. It's pretty much one of his favorite targets. Um, is going to be good again this year. You can get him like multiple rounds after Kyle Pitts, multiple rounds after Darren Waller. Um, why on earth would you take anyone else? Um, the other name, just the last name as far as sleepers goes, that I did have, no, you're going to hate it. It's Rondale Moore. 
someone that's obviously historically throughout his career hasn't performed, but when he has been healthy, which he's missed plenty of time, the target volume he's gotten has been really high. Um, Again, hasn't been target volume down the field. It's literally been screens. It's little dump-offs. It's the occasional uh, rushing opportunity as well. Um, they want to get the ball to him in space and make him make moves. Hasn't been able to turn much those into many yards. But he's someone that if he's going to get eight targets because they don't have Kyler Murray back there, they've got some bum, and he's throwing it five yards downfield to, to Ronda Elmore and begging him to make a play. Um, he's going to get multiple targets. So get him involved in the running game. Um, just like if you're in a P- especially PPR league, standard league, I'd pretty much write him off entirely. But if you're playing a full point PPR league, definitely someone to have on your radar as well. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I've been out on Rondale, but the kind of situation there, really, like everything's coming up Millhouse for Rondale. Like if he can't get it together this year, Frank, I think he's dead. Oh, he's done. I still yeah. think he's like done as being like a someone that's going to be a really good fantasy asset. Um, but I think he has some value. And like there's no there really is no one behind Hollywood Brown. He's got flex appeal. And Kyler will be back. He's not dead. He's not dead. He didn't die. Exactly. But um yeah, listeners, hopefully we've uh we've spat out some names that you can target at, you know, over a hundred ADP and some draft day values. Um you know, we love the running back position just in recapping uh, Jalen Warren, um, Jerome Ford, we brought forward Kenny Gainwell, Jarek McKinnon, Samaje Piran, um, some quarterbacks we're targeting late, Dak Prescott, Geno Smith, tight ends, Greg Dolchich, Tyler Higby, and receivers. Uh, we don't love it, but Rondale Moore is Frank's boy. Might clip that because that's funny. Um, Frank, I didn't say you'd be like, yeah, f- listen to Frank saying he's going to be a wide receiver one. Just put out some fake news. No, he's, he's going to be okay. I, I, for the first time ever, I kind of don't hate you and Rondell Moore's love this year. But, um, yeah, listeners, I'll probably tweet some more sleepers as we get on. I'll ask the boys who they like, who they don't like, and I'll get it out on the Twitter. So follow us on Twitter at the FB Addicts and on Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts. Um, Frank, thanks, thanks again, and uh, I'll talk to you on the next one, man. No worries, thank you, Andrew. It's always good and listeners. Honk of the day. <laughs>